are you sick of listening to me talking about vaccines and the ruling class and the elite and how our government are a pack of muppets and how the pharmaceutical industry and the corporate media and governments generally and tech companies are all colluding to coerce us into doing things that benefit them, the 1% more so than the rest of us? Uh, I'm sick of listening to me talking about it. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm not finished talking about it. I don't think I'll ever be finished talking about it. But I'm not talking about it today because I've fucking pain in my face talking about it. And what I want to talk about is something that's been kind of rattling around in my head for this past while. And it's my understanding of the brain. And what's brought me to exploring my own understanding of the brain is my exploration of the whole mind-soul thing. So what I'm going to try and do is to out my knowledge of what's going on between our ears. And even that's a misnomer because the brain, as I understand it, isn't just between your ears. The brain proper, I suppose, is, but your brain is very much, as again, as far as I understand it, very much distributed throughout your entire body. Like literally down to the tips of your fingers and the tips of your toes. The bulk of it, the bulk of the neurons are in that mass of jelly that we call our brain that's encased in a skull. But there's a good amount of it in our gut as well. And another good amount of it distributed throughout our entire body. It's essentially generally described as the central nervous system. And to me at least, it's so inextricably linked with the brain. The whole body is so inextricably linked, it makes no sense to talk about it in its component parts. Really. But at the same time, you can't talk about the body without being specific about what region or function of the body that you're actually talking about. So what I'm endeavouring to do here is to tell myself out loud what it is that I know about the brain or think I know about the brain or what I am relatively certain in about in relation to our brains with the goal of listening back and making note of all the things that I don't mention because I'm going to know a fucking whole pile of shit that I won't put into this 15 to 20 minute recording. And the reason that I'm not putting it in is because I don't know enough about it. Because on the back of advice that I got from uh, Jordan Peterson, I remember him saying before that when he's talking to an audience, he typically only talks about, I, think, I can't remember the percentage, let's just call it half for the sake of argument. He only talks about, on a particular subject, he'll only mention half the things that he knows about, intentionally. And the beauty of that, from his point of view, and I would agree with him on this, is if you only intend on telling half of what you know, if you do end up going off on a tangent, you've a load of other stuff there, you've a wealth of stuff that you can go off on tangents and discuss. Because if you come out and talk and speak 100% of what it is that you know about something, if somebody asks you a question or if you have a, if a thought appears in your consciousness and you go, oh, that's shiny and nice, I'll go after that for a second, there's nowhere to go because you've blurted out 100% of what it is that you wanted to talk about. So the goal, again, just to clarify this in my own mind, is to first just spew out my knowledge of the brain and the central nervous system and how the whole thing works and correlates in relation to the whole mind-soul dichotomy with the view of listening back to it and 
appreciating two main things. One, the things that I didn't mention. Because if I didn't mention it, that means that that needs a lot more work. And two, the things that I did mention. And how confident I am that they're 100%. Because just to put this out there as a, as a kind of a disclaimer, I could nearly do this at the start of every episode and probably should do some form of it. I'm not an expert in anything. Full stop. Okay, I have a... Okay, I have a certain expertise in a, a couple of very small domains. Um, mixed martial arts being one of them, or unarmed combat for want of a better term. Control growing environments. And I'm maxing out. Okay, I have a, a vast array of interests and I know a relatively large amount about certain things. Cannabis will be another area of again relative expertise and when i say i have a relative expertise in the brain or cannabis or controlled growing environments what i mean when i say that is that i know way more than somebody who doesn't really have much of an interest or maybe way more than somebody who has a bit of a passing interest it's not to say that i know more than somebody who's done a four-year degree course i've said it before and i'll say it again this this whole off the lead thing this ain't no degree course so that's essentially the goal. That's what I'm striving to do. Before I hit record, I sat down and I wrote the brain at the top of the page and I wrote down a couple of key component parts and then I went to double check this and I went to double check that and then I found myself halfway down a fucking rabbit hole and I just said, no, 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 fucking stop because the writing was on the wall. I knew exactly what was going to happen from here on in. 45 minutes would go by. I'd have five pages of notes and it would be great research and great study and I'd have learned loads, but I wouldn't have had the podcast to put out. So I have to get ahead of all of that, record the podcast in its essentially its raw form, which you're accustomed to, which is the whole point of this. The whole point of this is that it's not rehearsed, that it's not scripted, that I don't know what exactly I'm going to say, that I just have some broad, encompassing vision of what it is that I'm trying to either explore or get across. So when I caught myself taking notes and trying to get everything right, I was like, no, 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 stop, Frano, fucking stop. A past guest and friend of the show... Christy McQuillan, not McQuillan, Christy McQuillan. Before he came on, we were we were chatting. We chatted on the phone a couple of times. Now, not not extensively, you know, two or three minutes, maybe twice. And he mentioned to me on both occasions that he was going to send me something about what it is that he was involved in the whole Unite Ireland movement, the whole trade unionist movement, all that jazz. And I basically said, "Oh yeah, look." send it on but i can only the one thing i the only one thing i can assure you about you sending it on is that i'm not going to look at it before we meet and the reason that i want them to explain to him for that was that if i had gone down the rabbit hole of what he was all about i would have had a much deeper arguably better conversation with him but i would have left anybody listening behind i would have went off on my own with him and then i would have been speaking above and beyond people and i don't want to do that ever and I, that I, that's exactly what I don't want to do here. If I had spent half an hour or an hour or even 20 minutes going over the different parts of the brain and how it works and what they're in control of and all the rest of it, I would be speaking above and beyond people listening and that would kind of defeat the point, defeat the whole point to a degree. So I don't want to do that. So that's enough of a fucking intro. Jesus Christ, it's nearly 10 minutes. So... My understanding, and again, just to finally stress this, this is my understanding. This isn't how it is. This is my understanding. 
And if you enjoy this and you intend to listen to the next one and the next one and the next one that I do on the brain, hopefully you'll come along with me on the journey and you'll see where I've made mistakes. You'll see where I didn't stress a certain point enough. You'll see where I got things fucking backwards maybe. But the whole goal of this, for me at least, is to explore and expose my own knowledge and my own ignorance on the subject of the brain. So, I've briefly outlined that it's distributed throughout the body, so I'm just going to recap there. The main bulk part of it is encased in skull in your head, okay? It runs down your back then through a thing, like a long pipe essentially, that we call our spine. And from there, it's almost as if tentacles reach out from our spine and they go down our arms, into our fingers, and down our legs, into our toes. And that's how you feel pain. We have the central nervous system, which is essentially, they, they would resemble veins, I suppose, but instead of blood flowing through them, they're, they're more like wires. So, okay, here's a good analogy. If you compare your body to your house, your veins are the plumbing. That's what all the water flows through. They're, they're pipes and there's a fluid that flows through them in your house and it's the same thing with your body. Likewise, your central nervous system is more like the wiring in your house and no liquid flows through those. Current flows through that. Electricity flows through that. And it's something similar to us insofar as something, a pin gets stuck into your foot, a nerve senses the, the break in the skin and sends a, a signal up through your body into your brain or through your central nervous system. Your central nervous system essentially goes, what's that? Oh, that's a fucking ow. And you go, fucking ow, and you lift your foot out of the way. So, and again, this is the beauty of talking like this. I never would have made that connection before between the analogy between your body and, and the house, but I think it's a relatively decent one. So your entire body is permeated by little nerve endings, which pick up pain. And that's part of the central nervous system. I went to what's called the Bodies Exhibition. I've gone to it a couple of times and it was in Ireland. It's absolutely incredible. And the thumbnail for this will most likely be a picture that I have in my mind's eye of our central nervous system and only our central nervous system laid out on a on a bench it's fucking mind-blowing if i can squeeze it in as the thumbnail for this image i'll upload it separately to off the lead official on instagram or off the leads page on facebook give us a like comment share and all that jazz all that shit goes a long way on a review these cunts anyway so the brain is distributed you've got a big one and a half kilo there thereabouts ball of jelly that's inside your skull that we know as the brain and out of that is a long it's almost like a long thick cable i called your spine a pipe earlier on it's far more a an armored cable basically and out of this big wire that runs down your back that's essentially your spine there's smaller wires teeing off that to your extremities now the main bulky part of the brain actually yeah so you, the main bulky part of your brain if you get your fist so get your left hand and make a fist as if you were going to talk into your fist as though it was a microphone you should be looking down at your fist and your index finger should be kind of curved around in itself. And you should be able to poke the index finger of your right hand into that hole. Okay, now just push it in so that it's about a nail deep. Okay, so just to, I'm just going to repeat that just to clarify it for people. Get your left hand and make a fist as if you're holding a microphone and talking into it. Now get the index finger on your right hand 
and push your index finger into the the folds of your it I'm gonna say that again. Make a fist with your left hand as, hold, as though you're holding a microphone and talking into it. Get the index finger of your right hand and stick it into the, essentially the creases of the index finger on your left hand. Push it into its nail deep. So now what you have is your left hand is making a fist and it's, it's gripping the nail on the index finger on your right hand. Think of your index finger as being the... the, uh, the, the, the Think of your index finger on your right hand as being your spinal cord and your fist with your left hand, that's your brain. Now the piece of your finger with the nail on it that you're after shoving into that little gap, that's essentially called the brain stem. So the way I'm going to describe the brain which is encased in your skull is in three parts. There's the brain stem which is essentially just the tip of the spine that sticks into the back of your head. The next part, the part that kind of grows above and around your brainstem is called the cerebellum. And then you've got what must be three quarters of the actual brain itself, which is the cerebrum. It's by far the biggest part of the brain. And it's what you would picture in your mind's eye if you've ever seen a a brain. And if, if you ever saw on the, on the TV somebody holding a human brain in their hand, that big kind of blob of jelly with all the folds, that's your cerebrum. You can't really see your brainstem or your cere cerebellum when you're holding somebody's brain. Now you might if you knew where to look, but the lay person is not going to have a notion. They're just going to see a brain and what they're looking at is the cerebrum. Now I'm going to concentrate on the, these three pieces for the moment. The brainstem, as I understand it, is probably the most fundamental. Okay, And by the most fundamental, what I mean is what it controls would be, call it breathing, swallowing and heart rate. So they're the type of, like, like, I can't think of anything more fundamental than breathing, swallowing, and heart rate. It's involuntary movements. And by an involuntary movement, I don't mean you hear something and turn around. I don't think that's, that's brainstem territory. Involuntary movements will be more heart rate. You don't say, you know, beat, 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 beat. It's not a conscious thing. And you don't say, oh, fuck, I nearly forgot to head. <gasps> Okay, so breathing, swallowing and heart rate are brainstem. They're really fundamentally basic stuff. They're what you would imagine all animals would have, or at least all, quote unquote, higher animals. So that's the brainstem. And it's, again, essentially just a bit of the spine that sticks into the, the 1.5 kilo lump of neuronal mass that makes up what we typically call the brain. The next then is the cerebellum. Okay, and you're talking there voluntary movements. So posture, balance, walking, catching, throwing, hitting, that, that kind of that kind of stuff, grabbing. Okay, that's all the cerebellum. Um and because it's movement, there's a this is a good example to think of how tricky the cerebellum is. So the cerebellum is all about movement. It's all about grasping, it's all about walking, talking, running, swimming. It's, it's movement. Not only movement, but it's it's there's a lot of movement going on. So it controls eye movement. But my understanding is that it doesn't control sight. Sight isn't in the cerebellum. Movement is in the cerebellum. But as you can imagine, the movement of your eyes is very important in relation to sight. So all these things are inextricably linked. We separate them to try and get some sort of our understanding around them. But you can't forget that they're all very much connected and all very much 
talking to each other, for want of a better term. In the, the cerebellum, then, is also what's called the limbic system. And the limbic system is emotional responses. Now, when I say emotional responses, I don't mean, you know, anxiety. I don't mean worry. I don't mean, you know, you're, you're ruminating over something, so you're worried. It's deeper emotional responses. So hunger would be, in a, would be a form of emotion. It might be technically an emotion, but the urge to fuck, basically, the urge to reprodu- reproduce, the urge to care for young infants, particularly your own. They're the type of emotional responses that I'm thinking about, and they're in the limbic system, which is in the cerebellum. So you've got the brainstem, which is breathing, swallowing, heart rate, say, the cerebellum, which is uh, voluntary movements, and then you've got the cerebrum, which again is what you are imagining when you picture the human brain in your head that thing that has two sides a left and a right hemisphere and is full of folds for want of a better term and in there that's thinking that's judgment articulated speech rumination that all the quote-unquote higher processes and that's essentially the the brain as i'm as i understand it now what i have to try and do now is map my understanding of the physiological end of our brain which i've just outlined as best i can with the with the what with the more religious end of things for want of a better term but the whole distinction that i've made between the mind and the soul begs the question where do these things reside mostly in our brains so my understanding is that the mind as i've described it that's the cerebrum and the thing about the cerebrum is human cerebrum is fucking huge like it's off the fucking charts massive there are other animals that have them and typically when we think of the other animals that we have them the animals that are brought to mind because they're the animals are the more are the animals that are deemed to be that bit more intelligent so dolphins would have huge cerebrums in relation to other creatures in the animal world Mammals, I think, for the most part, would have bigger cerebrums. Nor near humans. Dolphins might be the exception there. I think their cerebrums could be maybe even bigger than ours. But that aside, other animals have them, but they don't have them nearly as big as, as ours are. And that's essentially where the, the mind is at. The mind is in the cerebrum. But the soul as I've described it. I think that's the cerebellum because that's that's the emotional end of things. I've said before that the cerebellum doesn't speak English because it's the cerebrum that would deal with language. That's all about thinking. So that's the domain of the cerebrum. The cerebellum is more emotional. It When you have a psychedelic experience, again, fucking broad sweeping generalization alert, my understanding is that the cerebrum is taken offline a little, if not a lot. And that's, and that's what leads to what's known as ego death. So the ego, as I understand it, or the mind, as a, I, I think ego and mind are essentially synonyms. I don't like using the term ego because it's, it's very loaded. It, it, I don't know if it was kind, but certainly popularized by Carl Jung, who I like and dislike in about equal measure. But he used the term ego in a very specific way and I don't want to muddy the water so I'm just going to stick with mind. The mind is the cerebrum, it's the thinking articulated part of ourselves. And under a kind of a a typical psychedelic immersion, 
you'll often hear people describe what is known as ego death. And I've I've experienced it a couple of times and it's not particularly pleasant, I'm not going to lie to you. Now, it's a hell of a lot more manageable when you're expecting it. So when I was going into my uh, first deep, deep psychedelic experience, I was fully aware of what ego death was and I was somewhat prepared for it. Now, there's only so much preparation you can do for having such an experience. It's one thing to know that you're going to die. It's another thing entirely to experience death, which is what an ego death is. You die. Frano McKeown passed away. He disintegrated into dust. And fighting that is probably the worst thing that you could possibly do. You have to embrace it in order to get anything, essentially. Never mind the most out of a psychedelic experience. You need to be able to let go. You need to be able to release and if you don't know what ego death is, let's say you take a big dose of psychedelics at a party thinking it's going to be grey crack, and you experience an ego death, you're going to be so incredibly traumatised, you've absolutely no comprehension of it. I mean, it's going to be... You're, be, you're going to die. Now, you don't die. You'll wake up from the experience and, you know, you'll be grand. But in the moment, you certainly will not be grand. Because not only will you think you're dying, you will experience death. And if you if that's not what you signed up for, fuck me, that's a quote-unquote bad trip, if ever there was one. And that's what happens when people do these things in certain settings that aren't conducive to having a good experience. Because if you're not in a setting that's conducive to having a good experience, you're in a setting that is conducive to having a bad experience. And an ego death when you're not expecting it is not something that I would recommend. But anyway... That's essentially my understanding of the brain. Um, didn't mention the gut microbiome, which I probably will, just as a bit of an aside now at the minute. You've probably heard of the term of the hormone, I think it's a, is it a hormone or a neurotransmitter or both, I'm not entirely sure, but serotonin. Um, the happiness hormone, I think it's kind of uh, trivially nicknamed. 90% of that is, it's a neurotransmitter, and 90% of that is created in your gut. Okay, so depending on what you're feeding the bacteria in your stomach, that will literally affect how you think. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. What you eat will affect how you think. You are what you eat in a very real, very biologically, scientifically, factual kind of a way. You are what you, you eat. More importantly, you think what you eat. You can't not think what you eat. So diet is absolutely, fundamentally, crucially important to having any hope of what people call men good mental health. And the fact that psychiatrists, GPs and psychologists practically get no training in this is just absolutely inexcusable as far as I'm concerned. You'll be given an SSRI by somebody who doesn't even know what the gut microbiome does. And... There was a couple of scientists on with uh, Blind by Bow Club in the last couple of months. And it was great that they were on. They're two Irish scientists. They're, they're making savage uh, ground in relation to understanding our microbiome and its relationship to our brains and our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and all that. And that's fantastic that that's happening and that, that it's on uh, a profile like Blind by Bow Clubs and that it's becoming more part of the, of the zeitgeist. But to me, it's fucking criminally slow. Like, Jesus Christ, we've known this shit for a long-ass time. And it should have been... I don't know who's at fault. 
Um, the, the what I don't know. Without trying to blame somebody, without asking who's at fault, I can ask what's at fault. And what's at fault, as far as I'm concerned, is a disconnect between regular Joe Soaps like myself and yourselves and the scientific community. And that gap is broadening. And there's no reason for it. Absolutely no reason for it. With our access to the internet and our innate want to know and learn about these things. And look, I'm not going to go into a big fucking schooling rant here because we're 24 minutes in. But schooling has a big fucking part to play in actively discouraging people understanding the subjects that they supposedly want to teach people. They're to blame for people losing their interest. You go to school to lose interest in learning. And on that somewhat apocalyptic note, I'll chat you soon.